Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. of Briscoe and Bradshaw. I would be Bradshaw. That would be your Chickasaw native, your Chickasaw Hall of Famer, Oklahoma's favorite son, Mr. Gerald Briscoe. And what a treat we have today. One of the pioneers, one of the greatest MMA stars of all time, UFC 8 winner, UFC 1996 tournament winner, some of the greatest fights, most memorable fights in <laughs> UFC MMA history, Tank Abbott, Takayama, Ken Shamrock. Also, the last match, for Antonio Inoki chosen for his retirement match when he was a pro wrestler for a while. He is Mr. Don Fry. Don, welcome to the show. Hey, partner. How you doing? I'm doing terrific. Great to have you on. It's such a treat to have you on. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Nice to be around you. Damn, too. damn, John. I'm glad you're separated by distance. You're calling him a pioneer. You're saying he's old or what? <laughs> yeah. well fortunately mma is not that i say mma is not that old most people assume it's not that old so they kind of consider you mma starting with ufc which obviously it started way before that but since the beginning of ufc which uh i watched i think every single one of them so yeah. oh. pioneers are good name I, yeah uh, yeah and we, we couldn't have a better one here yeah don uh, you know we have a, a couple of connections here back at back in our our history there uh, and, you know, before you became an MMA and pro professional wrestling star, tell us a little bit about your background. I know you, uh, we were discussing before we came on air here, you live it out in the great state of Arizona there where, where it's hot and heavy right now. But, uh, you know, you were a hell of an athlete coming up. You were a scholarship athlete, both in Arizona State and then my wall model, Oklahoma State there. Tell us a little bit how you got to that point and, how, and uh, your, your, your high school background how you started out and, and how you got into business? Oh, hell, uh, you know, since I was five years old, an athlete, you know, playing peewee football and little league baseball. And uh, when I was made it to ninth grade, uh, the football line coach, a fellow named Jerry Peckinpah, and he uh, was also the wrestling coach, you know, for the ninth graders. And so he says, you're going to wrestle for me. And okay. I said, well, uh, that's nice, but we got to ask my mom. <laughs> and so we, we went to my mom hat in hand and, uh, begged her to let me wrestle cause she didn't want me getting hurt for football. So she agreed to it. And then, you know, first I, I pinned everybody, uh, on the freshman team, pinned everybody in the first round. And so halfway through the season, they moved me up to varsity 
and that stopped you know that pinning things <laughs> i never got pinned but i got beat uh superior pointed a few times and uh then i ended up taking fifth in state sophomore and then second in state junior as morning they lost to a fellow named jimmy gressley who he ended up being on the same team as i was at asu and then you know senior year i won and um then uh, uh, let's see the junior i took fifth and third in the fifth in the in the uh U.S. Wrestling Federation National Championships, and then third in Greco, fifth in Greco, and third in um, freestyle. Maybe I screwed that up. You know, I think I think it was fifth in Greco that year, and uh, then anyway, maybe seventh in freestyle. I don't know. But the next year, I did third in Greco, and um, I think fifth in freestyle, or else I got hurt. I got hurt. And couldn't play in the couldn't compete in freestyle. Man, go ahead. I'm sorry. That was up at Iowa, Northern Iowa University. You know where they held that. Right. And um, then I got the scholarship to go to ASU. Redshirted my first year, wrestled two, and then my third year competition. Um, Dan Severn's younger brother Rod and I we were roommates, and we went for Thanksgiving. We went down to my parents' house. You know, and uh, we were out riding those crazy ass three wheelers that they had back then, and we got drunk, and uh, <laughs> I hit a I hit a jump and went landed, you know, front tire first, and boom, 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 and that was, a, that was the end of that stuff. And uh, hell, I thought I just messed up my shoulder real bad, so they because it, it was hard to move and all that. I wrestled as long as I could, and then they um they they cut off the end of the clavicle bone that's what they did back then and um then uh coach douglas put me on a medical scholarship the following year and i rehabbed it and all that and tried making a comeback and um i took uh in the southwestern uh united states uh olympic qualifiers i i won that in both greco and freestyle that was um either i was up in las vegas and it qualified me for the finals trials and um they said well pick one either freestyle or greco and i figured well hell i had more luck at greco even though i didn't know anything about it you know <laughs> and um i did greco and uh got my ass whooped first round that was the end of that they, they had that Boca Raton, Florida. You know, they, yeah. you know what else they got in Boca Raton, Florida? Beer and bikinis. Yeah, amen, amen. Yeah. And nice, nice, nice beer and bikinis too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so that, that grabbed my attention real fast. And then they had the national uh, freestyle tournament up at Reno, um, and I think I took, I think I took. Six, sixth place in that, which is, you know, the, the, the top five are all Americans and I was number six. So it kicked me out. And then when I was there, Joe say started talking to me and I had already made a deal to go up to, um, St. Mary's college, uh, NAIA school up in North Dakota. 
And he's and he said, Well, just on your way up there, stop by Oki State. And you know, and we'll just talk. And he says, I'll I'll give you 25 cents a mile, you know, <laughs> <laughs> from your house to there. And I got there and uh I, I fell in love with the place. I said, shit, I'm gonna stay, you know, and so that once once again, nice beard bikinis. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I <laughs> I made the mistake of being getting in my first marriage, you know, uh, that that summer. Yeah, that was, you know, marriage and college don't mix. You know? No, <laughs> no, no. no. What, what, what did your What did your mom think about your mom wanted you to be a football player, and then you decided to break off into wrestling? Was there ever a talk you had with your mom that, uh, hey, I really had plans for you being a football player? No, but what happened is, uh, you know, when I was a freshman, we had to talk her into letting me wrestle so I wouldn't get hurt for football. And then my senior year in high school, we had to talk her into letting me play football so I wouldn't hurt myself for wrestling. <laughs> what, what position are you playing football? I was an inside linebacker. We ran a 4-4, wow. so I was an inside linebacker and then a, a pulling guard on offense. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you, you had you had one of the greatest coaches of all time, Coach Bobby Douglas. Bobby was on the yeah. Oki State team with my brother. And, and when I became a freshman, Bobby was there still doing his student teaching and coaching. So I got to, I got to experience Bobby as a freshman. We went undefeated. And Bob, what a great man. I, I still stay in contact. He's told me a little bit about recruiting you and, and recruiting the Savage. He actually was went after Dan's brother first, I think, and trying to recruit him. I mean, he actually told me he slept on the counter because he knew that uh, Gable, or well, I guess his Nichols at the time was at uh, Iowa State, was 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 next in line to come and come and see it. He said, "I wasn't leaving that house until I got got one of those seven brothers at that ASU there." Yeah, Coach Douglas is great, man. I I love that guy. He's fantastic. You know, I mean, you talk about a good person, and he yeah. ran he ran such a straight tight ship. Because, uh, you know, he was so paranoid of the NCAA trying to find something on him. You know, he didn't do anything wrong. Never. John, I think, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but I think Bobby was the first uh, African-American head coach at a major D1 school. So when the NCAA, he told me he, he was he would nitpick to death out there by everybody until he started winning. Then when he started winning, they really put the eyeballs on him, man. Yeah. But you guys, you guys had a dynamite team, man. Man, you guys were—you went from nothing up to up in the top five, top five of the of the nation, I believe, when, when you guys were right. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And now, now they're still pretty solid. You know, I mean, I was lucky. You know, Dan Severn was the uh, assistant wrestling coach uh, my freshman year, so we hit it off real big. And uh, I worked with him during the summer, and uh, you know, we became good friends and. When he moved off to Michigan State, you know, it kind of uh, broke my heart, left me lost, you know. Is that the reason you transferred or what, what, what was the reason for the behind you transferred from ASU to OSU? Well, they transferred because uh, Coach Douglas had put me on a medical scholarship, right. uh -huh. you know, to open up a scholarship, you know, for the team. Right. And once they put you on a medical scholarship, you are ineligible at that university. Oh, they they take it away, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that you were well, if you went on medical, you couldn't like compete. Yeah. Yeah. So you ended up there Coach Say. So you're 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 part of that that system with Coach Say there that nearly got Oklahoma State put on the death penalty, right? Then I don't know what happened. Well he he was given uh, given I think uh 
one guy from the West Coast, I, I can't remember his name, but I think he had to get him signed OSU gave him a Corvette. A little office that they got shows up at Stillwater, Oklahoma, and a Corvette or Russell because Russell traditionally don't have a lot of money. You know? Right. But and they got caught and they got caught and uh, and uh, they 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 wouldn't they, they didn't let Oklahoma State compete in the in the NCAA tournament that, that second year, I think that they was there, second third year. So um yeah, they and they uh, they were talking about trying to get on the death penalty and basically destroying the program there. But the, no, that happened. That had to happen after I left because, um, you know, I got voted off the team. And, yeah, voted uh, off the team. Yeah, once I left, I didn't pay attention to anything anymore. You know. Do you got, mind sharing the story about why they why he got voted off the team? Well, um, you know, we were number one, and ASU was number two in the rankings, and uh, the match. You know, we had the dual. We beat them in the at the Virginia team uh, tournament, and then it came down to the heavyweight match. You know, in our dual meet, and um, I lost the match in the final seconds. And they all, Randy Couture and um, the sixty-seven pounder um, Matt Farrell, Mark Mike Farrell. I don't know, piece of shit. Don't matter. <laughs> They both led the charge to vote me off the team because they thought I threw the match. Yeah, you know? Wow. Yeah, for my old, good old team. Yeah. So, yeah. So, both Coach Say called me in there, said, you know, uh, you've been voted off the team. <laughs> and I said, what? He says, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, that's bullshit. And, you know, because he told me why. And um, he says, well, you know, a lot of questions, blah, blah, blah. And, um, so he says, you know, but the thing is, is I can't just kick you off the team. It'll be too much. You get too many fans, you know, with the, uh, with the fans of the team and what you're just going to have to do a wrestle off and I can't have you perform up to your ability on the wrestle off, huh. you know? And so I said, all right, you know, fuck them. If, if they don't want me on the team, I don't want to be part of it anyways. So during the wrestle off, you know, my knee was bad. So boom, ow, my knee, you know, and then, um, I said, you know, he, all right, you won, you won, you know, it's over and I can't finish the match, you know? And, um, then the following week, Joe, Joe says, it can't go that way. He got to beat you. So we wrestled off again and, you know, and so he beat me by a point and, uh, then a week later, he says, "Hey Don, I need a need a favor from you, you know, and I'll do you a favor." And he says, "You know, Kotor's having problems mentally. You know, we're worried about him. Need you to wrestle off against him, but fall short again, you know." Wow! <laughs> Ask you to throw the match. Yeah, yeah. To, wow. <laughs> to help him mentally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to help him, wow. <laughs> Yeah, How about your mental stability? Yeah, right. well, I was already gone. Yeah, I mean, like, they wanted me up. So I said, all right, fine. I don't care, you know. And uh, so I I lost that match. And the hell, me and the uh, old boy, we were sitting there. I had a couple beers before I went in there. And, you know, to, 
down at the campus tavern, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I show up, you know, I show up in, in the workout shorts and, the, you know, the grays and um, the t-shirt and gray shorts and uh, Kotor's in a singlet, pants and back and forth, you know, getting all psyched up. And as uh, soon as as soon as he won, we just I walked over there, grabbed my shit, and we went back to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> a good place to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So did you, you ever went later talk to Couture about this? Pardon? Did you ever later talk to Couture about this, or is there hard feelings still? Or I don't care for him. I mean, obviously we're not friends. I mean, I haven't been in any, haven't been in the Expendable movies. They've had four of them. <laughs> Uh, obvious you know <laughs> you don't see me as a friend i don't see him as a friend he never invited me to any of his golf tournaments you know? <laughs> i didn't know well, he had any golf tournaments i'm kind of upset now that me and mr briscoe hadn't been invited yeah i guess he had him <laughs> 10 years or 20 years ago i don't know for for the military you know so, so i never got invited to it so after you left Oki State there, is that when you started? You, you went into boxing or you went straight into mixed martial arts? No, sir. went into boxing. I did a year and a half pro boxing. And uh, first two fights, I knocked the guys out. And uh, first one was a liver punch. And um, wow. second one was, uh, you know, liver head. And um, heck, then... Then the, the marriage marriage was unwinding long before that, long before that. And I had a had a mother-in-law which would bring the grab come to visit, grab the daughter into the other room and whisper in her ear, you know. Blah, 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 blah. So it was there was just no support at that point for the for the the boxing career. So I went I went two and six you know i think <laughs> where were you training for boxing where, where'd you find a gym how'd you find a gym had you boxed anything up until that point up up in um i was training up in uh, phoenix arizona the, the man art martori he owned uh sunkiss uh wrestling team and so he was the money man behind it and um he's still the money man behind it that's true yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, he's he's a solid guy. Art's a solid guy. Art's a good man. Yeah, yeah he is. And um, you know, that was the that was the favor uh Joe Say did for me, you know, is he uh talked to Art about uh supporting me and financing me in, in my boxing career. And the plan was for me to uh train for a year um and then get then uh start fighting. But after about a couple months of it, Art wanted to see a return on his money. <laughs> <laughs> so they put me in there rather fast. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was just, it was my fault. And yeah, things went to hell. You know, I just quit, quit training, lost interest in it because, because, you know, when you, things aren't happy at home, things aren't happy anywhere. So, so walk walk us through your 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 your, your that boxing career. You're ready to get out. You're not really into it 100. percent How was MMA? Was MMA the Wild West days at the time, where anything goes? You just come in and grab your best hold and and what's the best or what? Yeah, well, I think I wrestled 80 89 at Okie State, and then um, I boxed from 89 to like 91, and then I had two years of bouncing around doing odd jobs and 
then I started uh, horseshoeing with a fella named Stony Newfang. And um, then I got a job. Uh, I, somebody told me about fire department, you know, work, work a day, you yeah. know, <laughs> four days off. That kind of, so I said, that's a job for me, you know, work 10 days a month. And um, so I got the old phone book out, started calling every town in you in uh, Arizona. You know, and nobody was hiring. So I called Santa Fe, New Mexico, and they said, yeah, we're going to run a test here next week. So I went up there and tested and passed, you know, and then I went to their, their academy. It was like a six month academy and a fire department academy. And, um, then we lived there. We worked there for, you know, graduated, became a fire, full-time fireman there. And my wife, uh, she was working at a pet store and I'd go in there and help her sometimes. And, um, then after a year, we couldn't afford to live there anymore. You know, I mean, in Santa Fe, it's beautiful, beautiful town. But you're either real rich or real poor. And, you know, I, we were on the poor side. So, you know, we had to grab our gear. And I applied for Oklahoma Horseshoeing School there in the city and got um, got, got a uh, financial aid. And I drove her, drove her back home. And I went to Oklahoma Horseshoeing School for uh i think they're 12 week academy and um then i came back started working with a guy named um oh shit basinger ty basinger ty basinger is just magic with the horseshoer man he's, he's just a magician he's so good and so i worked with him for about a year until our egos clashed you know <laughs> and um i was I was a part-time fireman or as a reserve. I was shoeing horses with, uh, with Tyler. I was trying to start my own business at the same time. And then, um, I was working at a mental health facility. You know? <laughs> Good place yeah. for you, Don. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had, had four jobs, you know, and what, what make... did you do at the psych facility? I was, I was the muscle. I was the muscle. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Yeah, and one one day they had a breakout where all these all these teenage kids broke broke out, and so you got to go out there herd them all back in, you know. And um, one of the one of the kids was causing more problems than he should have, and so one of the other uh, guys grabbed him from behind and was holding him, pinning his arms down. The kid started slamming his head into the guy's nose. So I wrote, walked over there, grabbed him by the head, and just threw a headlock on him, basic headlock. Well, when I did the headlock, his hand got caught in between the, the floor and my chest, or his chest, I don't know, broke it, broke his wrist. And uh, that was the end of my, uh, that was the end of my mind. <laughs> so I started taking up judo. You know, I heard this uh, judo class up on Fort Wachuga. And, um, cause I trained when I was doing the boxing, I'd gone up there with the all army team and was working out with them. Um, guy named coach, uh, staff Sergeant Howie, he was the head of the all army boxing team. He let me train with them. And, uh, so I started going up there. There's a guy named Kiyoki Torres, George Torres. He was the, the coach of the, uh, judo team. So I started doing that. And then Steve Owen would come down. He was Kiyoki's sensei. 
So he would come down on Saturdays and teach. And so we hit it off. You know, he says, I, he said, I knew right off. I saw you walk that you weren't just some regular person. You were a real athlete, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so it didn't surprise me. I found out you went to Okie state and, uh, so we started, started doing the competition, judo competition, did real good. And then I got hired in 92. I got hired on the fire department, Bisbee, Bisbee Fire Department. So it cut me down to only, only had to have two jobs then, you know, okay. Bisbee Fire and Horseshoeing. And uh, then, you know, things, things go as they go. You know, the marriage kept going, went boom. And got a, got a divorce. And, uh, so I, I was just, well, shit, let's try something new. I saw Dan Severn. That's when the UFC came out at the end of 93 and Dan won in 94. And, uh, I picked up the phone, called him up and said, Hey, Dan, it's Don Fry. You remember me? He said, yeah, boy, what are you doing? And so told him and I said, can you get me in on this stuff? He said, yeah. So he's got me some fights across the country. Um, ended up costing me money because you know, checks still in the mail somewhere, you know. And uh so that, that happened. And then uh I was his chief throwing dummy for the uh first ultimate ultimate, and he won that. And then we we both were on a card at the Kellogg Arena in Battle Creek, Michigan for the new year's 95, 96 guy had an event there. Dan won the world super heavyweight, uh, shoot fighting championship for the guy. I won the world heavyweight championship for the guy and, um, st still check still in the mail for that one, you know, <laughs> still in the mail for that one. So how hard was it then to get fights? You know, now, now this is a, you know, multi-billion dollar business, but back then, you know, you had John McCain and so many people trying to ban the entire sport. How hard was it getting fights back then? It was difficult. You know, you, you had to have somebody like Dan who uh, knew a bunch of promoters or else a bunch of promoters wanted to know him. So they would call him up, you know, hoping he would come to their show. And so he would, he would say, okay, but, you know, put this guy, you know, my boy Don Fry on your card. So did that, you know, and I, I, I won everything. And then, um, like I said, Dan won the first ultimate ultimate in December of, uh, 95. And then, uh, somewhere in January, uh, UFC called me up, want to know if I'd, you know, wanted to do the UFC eight event in the first part of February. I said, hell yeah. So, and that was the one, it was in Puerto Rico, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. And where were you training for this? Were you training with Dan still? No, sir. I was training, um, with Steve Owen, the, the, the judo sensei. Um, I would, I would do, you know, Bisbee, Arizona's at mile high. So I'm up there running all the time. Got good cardio. Um, and, uh, boxing there in, in Sierra Vista. And, uh, hell I had my, my, uh, my carport there, you know, in Hereford, I had, I had the ring and a bag there and that's no cars, you know, no car cars sat outside. I had my, my boxing ring and my bag in there. And, um, so I was training there and then I drive up to, uh, Tucson, 
you know, 100 miles away. I drive up there every every doggone night almost. Well, just nah, just four out of seven. So I'm a liar, you know. Um, and uh, you know, get home at midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Get up at six. Repeat the whole process. You know, wow. go, go wow. for a three, go for a three mile jog. Hit hit jump rope. You know, hit the bags, hit the mitts, lift weights. Yeah, we um, Becky Levi was my strength and conditioning coach. We uh would go to the the uh, gym and had a pool. And we had to put those little floaties on my arms and my ankles, you know, because I would sink. <laughs> <laughs> what was training a lot? Was training a lot? Was training a lot different than than, than like the judo and, and the uh, uh, amateur wrestling crew? Did you change your training in, or did you incorporate everything into your training? I incorporated it all. Yeah, I mean, um, I was. Let me get rid of this. Let me get rid of. This. <laughs> Um, I was cheating, you know, um, you know, cause you, you're, you you wrestle, you're in a street fight for two half hours every day of your life, you know? And, uh, so I was, I already had that going for me, you know, how I knew how to train and it didn't scare me to be in front of a crowd either. A lot of, a lot of people, you know, they're great in the gym, but they, they get out in front of a crowd. They, they get stage fright. They can't commit what did you think uh, when you first saw UFC? Did you think this is something to for like I'm going to have as a lifestyle, or did you think this is great? This is a lot of fun. I want to be a part of it. What, what was your thoughts about UFC at the time? I thought it was great. I thought I could do it, and I thought I would use it as a way to get into what you all did. You know, I, right. a shortcut into the pro wrestling. You know, because I didn't, I didn't have the, didn't have the size of you did. You know, or or uh, the name like Jerry did, or the knowledge like Jerry did, you know. But um, I just, you know, I was this uh, amateur wrestler, and uh, needed to find a way to get into it. You you did have the look of Rick Rude though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know you've had to hear that many many times. Rude was one of me and Jerry's good friends. I don't know if you ever met Rick or not, but no, I never got to meet Rick. I. Uh, man, I always wanted to. I always wanted to. I thought he had the greatest gimmick in the world. Ah, just yeah, the wanted. best. And a good guy on top of Don. You yeah. would love the guy because he's a super guy. And a national arm wrestling champion. Yeah. You know, he was, really? a, he was a pretty pretty good arm wrestler. Not like wow. Scott Norton. You know, Scott Norton, world champion, but Rick Rick was a national level world uh, champion. Yeah, I love Scott Norton. He he carried me throughout my whole career over there in New Japan. <laughs> Yeah, if it wasn't for Scott, you know, uh, they, they'd have fired me after my first year. <laughs> I saw a match one time with Scott, and I bet he threw 40 clotheslines in one match, and somehow it worked beautifully. It really it did. You know, he kept hitting them with the clothesline. And, kept, and finally, the, the, the Japanese crowd started getting behind it. He had a great mind for the Japanese yeah. psychology. It was just I, – I thought he was awesome. I thought he was just oh. fantastic over there. He did such a wonderful job. Oh, I think he walks on water. I really do. You know, I mean, like I said, if it wasn't for him, um, I wouldn't have got anywhere in that company. You had, you, we have a, a mutual training uh, partner, uh, not partner, train uh, coach. Uh, Brad Ryan's trained me. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I played a little pro football. Went up to, <laughs> yeah, went up to Minnesota, trained with Brad, lived in uh, just outside, trained in his basement there that you probably trained in as well with that stupid tree that he made you suplex a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, you get that old pond. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Inoki brought some kind of um, 
little moped over, you know, to, to try and sell to the world. And uh, Kurt Hennig <laughs> got on that thing and, and ran that thing right into the pond, you know. <laughs> Just ran off. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, Brad, Brad get mad and is everybody just run. Yeah. Yeah. He's a mild mannered guy, but he's that mild mannered guy that you're scared of. That <laughs> Yeah. He gets mad. You, you, you head for the hills, you know, <laughs> Brad must've loved you being with your Greco Roman background. Yeah. Well, my, I didn't really have much of a Greco Roman background, you know, nothing, nothing compared to Brad. I mean, like when, um, Dan Severn and I went to, uh, UFC eight and we went uh you interview with um Jeff uh um and all the other announcers you know and Jeff Blatnick looks at me and says he says here you're Greco Roman how come I've never heard of you <laughs> uh, well I ain't your level partner ain't no reason for you to hear Jeff was just Jeff was at a different level a lot of people <laughs> absolutely absolutely well you know Brad should have been you know, he should have been a gold medalist. But that, that's the biggest travesty in U.S. sports when when the, when those heads got cheated out. Of yeah, absolutely. I mean, in 76 at Montreal, you know, it was the point system. He had beaten he had beaten the guys that were, you know, the top three. But he lost somehow by, by a couple of points. So he ended up fourth. And then in 80, you know, geez, that guy, God dang, he just pissed the world off you know by what he did that was yeah that was all, all you did was rob a bunch of young people of their yeah. dreams their lifelong yeah. dreams yeah absolutely my boy caught him at olympics i mean just such a tra travesty to happen to have those guys train all your life for something you know obviously you're short you know you're young but you train your whole life for something and then because of politics the, the olympics get boycotted just a horrible mistake made by the president and that's what that's what the Olympics were to begin with is so the whole world would stop for, you know, eight, 12 weeks and everybody would compete. And then, then you get back, you know, to your wars and everything else. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he just ruined it. He ruined everybody's lives. So many lives. And did you, did you move up to Minnesota when you trained? Well, obviously you did, right. To move to Minnesota to train with Brad. Uh, no, I just, I just moved in. Um, Heck, where did we live? Heck, um, I think uh, you know, Inoki san and Masa Saito, they um they rented me uh they rented me a room. Um I don't know if it was I don't think it was Brad's house. No, it was they rented rented me a hotel room, you know, and uh Brian Johnston you know, introduced him to Brad and Brad liked him, you know, respected Brian. So, so did Masa and Inoki. And so Brad, uh, Brian got hired too. And, um, you should have seen him in his prime, man. He was something else. He, yeah. he was, he was phenomenal, man. Just, um, you know, six foot three, 270 pounds yeah. just shredded. I mean, he could jump up and, you know, I mean, he was like a, like a Rocky Johnson. You know, he, he could, he could do that, uh, just that, but he ended up, ended up having a stroke, you know, in 2001 and just completely robbed him of everything. But you mentioned Master Saito, man. Well, what a stud he was yeah. doing. Yeah. Isn't he great? And he's a great guy too. Yeah, great guy. I used to get him in a figure four, 
tickle his feet because he had his barefooted all the time. But he was so ticklish. It was and he'd be sitting there. I'd see that at his shoulders. Go, no, no, please, no, no. I couldn't help it after he said no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was like bigger for it, you know. Yeah. I remember one time uh, we were doing a tag match and it was Brian and I versus Scott Norton and I don't know who else, but Scott's got Brian in the corner hitting him with chops, you know, and Brian goes to move him, and Scott grabs his, stay there, and he's, fuck you, he dumps down, goes out of the ring. <laughs> he had blistered, his hand blistered up handprints on his chest. <laughs> that was like, uh, that was like Haku, you know, Haku had that legendary chop, it. You, ha you had to take it once, and as soon as you did, you go, that was really dumb. I yeah. don't think I'll ever do that again. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love Ming. He's the greatest, man. He's the greatest. He's such a nice guy. Haku, Ming. I mean, he's got so many different names, you know? Tonga. Yeah, we had, uh, when we had the invasion, uh, we, uh, with WCW, Mr. Briscoe there said, hey, we don't know what WCW is going to do back. So he had all the guys, Shamrock, Steve Blackman, uh, the Harris boys, me and Ron Simmons, a bunch of guys standing there in the parking lot in case WCW came over to our live show. I don't know what was going to happen. But yeah. we were we were out there way we have no idea what we we're gonna do but we thought <laughs> if if haku comes ming comes no. we're just, we're gonna send shamrock out we're just gonna see who wins because this <laughs> this is gonna be a a very long fight yeah yeah I just turn the camera on and we'll sell tickets yeah <laughs> that's right i tell that's you that people want to see did kurt henning have some training with you I, I read it online and of course if it's online it has to be true but so yeah. uh <laughs> did kurt henning have something some of your training too yeah, he'd come over and help Brad out. And, you know, when Brad needed to make a phone call or something, Kurt would take over. And uh, Kurt was fun. He was just such a fun guy. Um, we'd rib each other. I, I got him one time uh, with the old cream cheese in the, in the boot, you know. And he, he, he thought it was Brian that did it. So I got both of them. But he got <laughs> even with me. He... he um, he, he uh, H-bombed me on an airplane from Minneapolis <laughs> Minneapolis to Tokyo. I don't remember the first two days. He, I, he, I could say the same thing. I don't remember anything. <laughs> yeah, he, he I, I was there. I was there when he got Mr. Briscoe, and, and he didn't get me, thank goodness. He, he, yeah. got, he got Jerry pretty good. Oh, well, what did he do to you? Oh, it was, it was a plane ride from hell, wasn't it, John? That's right, a plane ride from hell, yeah. but they made the documentary about it. Kurt had yeah. uh, gimmicked uh, Mr. Briscoe, and he tried I'm glad, to I'm glad he did, because that's what saved me, really, because people knew that he actually ate me, so I, I I got out of all the punishment mode of that stuff. There. That's, that's was, right, because I would lose their on. job and everything, you know, and I, yeah. hey, man, I'm sorry, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, I got an excuse. <laughs> right. go out and I'm crazy ass anyway, you know, I've probably <laughs> done it without without Kurt yeah, H bother me. Yeah, but he had a free pass, yeah. 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 So he got you a couple of times too, huh? Oh my God. He he did so he so many times. I mean the he was just a great guy. He'd come in and tell stories and, and just rib you. You know, and then we'd go to the bar. He sit there throw darts and hit the damn bullseye, you know, almost every time. And he's like, Mr. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, they you know, Wade, Wade Boggs tells a story about uh, Perfect coming down and filming that baseball scene, yeah. and Wade thought, we'll never get this done. Henning hit a home run his first at-bat, his first pitch, yeah. 
you know, yeah. Kurt, Kurt was a, Kurt was a great athlete. That Mr. Perfect gimmick was, that was oh. legit. He was really good at yeah, a lot of was, things. He was great at everything he did. Yeah. He, and he just look at you like, what'd you expect? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Don, was you wanting to make the, the, the transition over, over to the pro side uh, from, from MMA right away? Or, or did, did you, uh, you said you kind of got in it to, to use as, uh, as a vehicle to get over there. So, so uh, how, how long did that transition take? Oh, heck. Well, I only fought in the UFC the one year. One year. Yeah, I had, had 10 matches. One year you had so many memorable fights over in that career. 10 mad 10 or 11 matches that year because wow. i wow. did a, in november of that year we did a, a fight over in japan called u japan which you know ultimate japan and it wasn't with uh the ufc but they used their name and bob meyerwitz called me up with matter in hell he said what are you doing going over there you know you've got the match coming up the most important tournament, uh, you know, one month later, what happens if you get hurt? Shit, it's Mark Hall. Come on. Yeah, I get hurt. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get hurt from this guy. I beat him, <laughs> you know, and I beat him easy. And then I, I beat him three times that year. And the third time was so easy. Uh, the guy claimed that I paid him off to take a dive. <laughs> you know, because I beat him in like 20 or 40 seconds or something like that. And it's like, no, I got I got a whole locker room full of guys. I'll tell you, I never left a damn locker room. Yeah, you know. Um, after my first match with uh, Gary Goodridge, you know, I brought my buddy um, Dave Norch along. He's a fireman paramedic, so he stuck an IV in me and put put three three bags of uh, normal saline back into my body. So I was fresh as a daisy. And, and that the, the guy that claimed it, that was uh, cra that's crazy. I mean, he, 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 he beat him twice already, but he claimed that the, he was paid to throw the fight or was talked into throwing the fight, right? Right, right. Well, and he's had three different stories, too. So it's like, yeah, you, know, you know, if you're going to make the claim, get the damn story straight. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he must have thrown the first two as well because uh, yeah. he, he's zero three, right? <laughs> were, were, yeah. Was there stuff like that going on in the UFC during the early days like that, or what? You know, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I think in UFC, uh, let's see, five or six, seven. I think in six um, was up. Um, Dan fought Shamrock in a, in a super fight and it was up in Castor, Wyoming. And in the tournament, um, Oleg Taktarov fought one of the guys he trained with Anthony Macias or something. And you see Anthony point at him and wink, you know, before the match. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go out there, you know, in one of those seven, well, you know, six second matches, you know, shit. Was it UFC eight that you had uh, Tank Abbott? No, no sir. Uh, UFC. I fought uh, three people. I fought Tank in the finals of Ultimate Ultimate two in ninety in ninety six, right? Yeah, December. Yeah, December ninety six. Ultimate Ultimate two. Right. And I only had two of those because that was the winners and runner ups of the previous tournaments, and then you know special invitation and. 
instead of paying fifty thousand, they paid a hundred and fifty thousand. So, like I said, they only did two. <laughs> too pricey. It was like UFC nine. They had a single matches, and that cost them way too much money. They never did that again. You mentioned the money uh, that 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 uh, hundred fifty there. Was the, they, they, you know, the boxcar figures that these fighters get nowadays are just insane, Eric. But how, how was the money for, for you know, coming up in, in, in uh, MMA in your day? Uh, there was none. There was, there was none. <laughs> um, you, you know, UFC 8, I got I got guaranteed of $500, you know, to, to walk wow. through the cage, the first match. You know, and then the second match, I guess you get guaranteed a 1000 And uh, you make it to the... Uh, make it to the finals you need to get 50,000 or 25,000 you know and uh you know knock on wood you know I was lucky good lord love me and I you know I cleaned up Mark Coleman and I cleaned up on all the money that year the the, the money like like in, in pro wrestling you know it, it, it back in back in our day you know you went to Japan because they paid bigger money was it the same way for your fight fight to, uh, um for for what? I'm sorry. You get more money in MMA uh, fighting in Japan than you would in the U.S. Yeah, I got. I think I got 20 or 25 for my match in Japan. You know that that. So yeah, I got real good money that time. I got. I know. Um, you know, I got 70. I got 50 for the uh, tournament in eight, and then I think nine. I got 25 for because it's a single match. And what was great was uh, Mark Schultz got quarter million dollars for his match you know first match and then um and then uh not uh 10 i i think i got uh either 25 or 50 that's when uh coleman beat the hell out of me you know in the finals but uh i know i got i might have got 50 i might have got a guarantee of 50 you know and Did then, anything change after UFC eight when, when you have that first big win? You're the UFC champion, uh, best fighter in the world. You don't get a, at that point. You didn't get a contract or anything from UFC, right? Or it, you didn't have regular fights. Or did anything change as far as the money or anything else in your life because you became UFC champion? Oh, everything changed for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I I walked into the bank. You know, I got fifty thousand dollars. I walked right up to the president, sat down at his desk. It's Mister Fry, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I got fifty. I thought I was I was the richest man in the world. You know? Wow. Go get me a cup of water, boy. You know. <laughs> so, what's the number of fights a fighter should fight a year? I've always wondered this. I've always been, I'm a lifelong fight fan. You know, I used to see, you know, my Ali would fight, depending on how, depending on how much money he had, Ali yeah. would fight, you know, three to four times a year, something like that. You know, boxers back then would fight that. As they get more name, they fight less. You were fighting five, six times uh, this year, that year. What what, what no, do you think? Five, Is that five, too five, much? How much should a fighter fight? I think I fought 11 times that year. Wow. Wow. Or, every, basically every month. Yeah, ten or no, in a night, three fights a night. You know? Um, three fights in February, um, one in May, three fights in July, um, one in November, and then three in December. So what was that eleven matches? Yeah, yeah, and um, that was because they suspended me. You know, I got a phone call from Art Davies. Um, before UFC 11, you know, Coleman 
kill me in 10. And so I was, as you know, I'm getting ready, to, you know, to fight him again in 11. And our Davies called me up and said, I'm suspending you. I said, what the hell are you talking about? There's no rules. You know, and he says, well, I'm suspending you anyways. And so I trained um, Scott Ferrazzo to beat Tank. That's all Scott wanted to do is just beat Tank Abbott. And um, so I, I trained him and God bless him. He won. He beat the hell out of Tank. You know, he's sit there cussing him, you know, throwing a punch, you pussy, you, this, you, you know. And it was funny, you know, uh, John uh big john mccarthy says that is the funniest thing i ever seen he's just sitting there cussing away at him you know <laughs> what did he have against tank i don't know i don't know he just wanted that scott scott's one of those guys he'll set a goal and then he you know he wants to achieve that goal and the goal was not to win that tournament goal was to beat tank Abbott. and so um i don't know if they met in the first round or second round but uh you know Tank got beat, and I guess he must have went out and started getting drunk or maybe he got hurt. I don't know. But uh, Scott couldn't continue. And so, you know, he, he went to the hospital, dehydration, you know. And um, so Art Davies comes up to me and says, hey, Don, we're out of fighters. You, you want to fight? And I was a smart ass. Well, I thought I was suspended. And he says, well, we could change that. And he walked off. And then the next thing I know, they're in there uh in the finals or i mean in the ring saying uh mark coleman was going to do an exhibition match you know with with uh kevin randleman no uh, shit you know <laughs> i lost lost my opportunity <laughs> what did you think about you you had the upcoming match say in the ufc tournament with tank abbott and he was a big name in, in the beginnings of uh mma ufc and all that what what did you think about tank abbott what was your training for him? Did you realize that he was going to be the main guy to beat at that time? Or did you train specifically for him? No, no, because um, that was a tournament. You know, we right. were on different brackets. And, um, you know, you had Ken Shamrock. Uh, you had Tank Abbott. You had Gary Goodridge. You had Brian Johnston. Um, Kimo Leopoldo, you know, and uh myself and i can't remember the other two guys and um a brazilian and then um i think paul varlins the big the polar bear you know and um no you didn't know who you're gonna fight that was that's the thing about the tournament you just you and my my judo sensei steve owen he says hell it don't matter you gotta fight them all anyways <laughs> right yeah, so he says we don't we don't prepare for them. We let them prepare for us. And it became a legendary fight at the, with Tank Abbott. Did was was he as strong as people said he was? I mean, he was a strong guy as far as lifting and people that talked about him training with him. Was he as strong in in, in the ring as you thought he would be? Oh yeah, he was powerful. But you know, I I had worked out with Scott Frazzo. Scott Frazzo was every bit or even more powerful than Tank. You know. And since I trained Scott, he had better conditioning. So, um, it, you know, it, it benefited me training Scott Frazzo. You know, I got, I, cause I got, I got that body weight, you know, I got, I got used to that opponent. And during that time, you kind of had the, 
later this incredible fight with Ken Shamrock. Uh, <laughs> one of the greatest, one of the greatest endings I've ever seen in any fight ever, ever. It was, I've watched that thing. I, I bet ten or fifteen times. It's yeah. it, you. You basically you catch Ken with a heck of a punch, and then yeah. as you go down, Ken. I thought Ken looks out as he's falling, and somehow he hooks your ankle, and you won't tap. It just if those, that's not the toughest two people on the planet, I then <laughs> I don't know what is. That was incredible. Did you have in mind during that time that one day you're going to eventually end up fighting Ken Shamrock? Was there a rivalry there because of the Severn connection or anything personal, or was it just a matter of you were two tough guys and two of the best fighters in the world? You knew you'd end up fighting. No, all of those, all of the above. You know, yeah. I mean, I was I was pissed at him because he had beat Dan Severn. You know, and Dan, Dan was my boyhood hero, you know, my, my, my buddy and, uh, he beat Dan and rather quickly too. And, um, you know, I wanted to see if Shamrock really was who, you know, he was made out to be. And he was, I mean, he was. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's so damn strong. Have y'all ever work out with him? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is that the most strongest freaking guy you ever seen in your life? Yeah. It's amazing. You know, yeah, just, you know, uh, Mr. Briscoe knows very well Danny Hodge, you know, from Oklahoma, yeah, uh, you know, legendary strength. Yeah. I always thought Ken was like that. Ken Ken had that strength of his hands. It's just when you feel him, you, you you know that something's different about this guy when you're out there with Shamrock. Yeah, he's like Gene LaBelle. You know, Gene LaBelle, he says, right. every, time, every time you touch that person, you hurt him. <laughs> right. That's it. You know, he crushed you when you shook your hand. He, you know, laugh and slap your shoulder, <laughs> knock it out of place. Yeah, you you hurt him every time you touch him, and that's that's and that's how Ken is. Just an amazing athlete. And watching your fights, the thing that set out uh, to me with you was your your phenomenal conditioning and, and your hand speed. Uh, did you train for very hard on the cardio, or did, was that natural? A lot of guys just have that natural cardio, but they have the cardio that you had. It looked like they really had to train hard for that. Yes, sir. I train, train my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? You, you took a lot of pride in your cardio, right? Yeah. I, I didn't do that in college wrestling, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was miserable. I was, I was a failure in college wrestling because yeah. I thought, I thought, you know, okay, I'm a natural. So that means yeah. you don't train, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you don't do anything extra. So I never ran. I never went to the weight room. You know, I just went to the wrestling room yeah. and, uh, from the know, bar. Yeah. And the bar. Yeah. <laughs> then you can find out, well, the, all these naturals are running and they're lifting and they're doing the extra work, you know, that I did, I failed to do. And so when I had that last opportunity, as a as a prize fighter you know to, to to make a comeback and you know be an athlete I, you know i jumped on it i jumped on it and i i would put a, a cd in the in the uh radio and i would jump a jump rope for the whole cd you know i would i'd start out with a three mile run in the morning and then, and then come back you know have breakfast and then go lift weights for an hour you know 45 minutes to an hour you know no talking just lift and then come back take a nap you know and get up and eat something and uh then uh hit the bag and um you know and then go in there and watch watch a couple fight films and then while well, i eat something and then take a nap and then get up and uh, have something to eat and get in the truck and drive 
you know, hour and a half, two hours to the judo room and, uh, you know, and put in three hours in her, in her judo room and then, then drive back an hour and a half. So yeah, I was constantly moving. You mentioned watching a lot of fight films. Who were the fighters that you watched that you either saw something in that you wanted to emulate or that you really liked? Oh, hell. You know, back then, you really didn't have a lot of... We didn't have the internet like we do now. Um, you, didn't, you didn't have all the films of all the guys because they didn't. They weren't out. I mean, there was only um, seven... Or there were only eight matches out, or eight tournaments out, and I was in one of them you know and (laughs) so yeah you just you just burn them over and over and over what's the main thing that's changed in mma since uh you started into now is it leg kicks what is it that's changed so much uh in in mma as any sport changes uh yeah i would say leg kicks were one um you know uh bill superfoot wallace he pissed me off way back when because he says oh this jujitsu thing is just uh you know just a fad it'll be coming back up to the feet again he was right you know he was right it it did and it goes in in uh in a cycle you know for a while go on the ground and it'll come back up to the feet and it'll go to the ground and come back to the feet and uh you don't see a whole lot of groundwork um like you did at the beginning of it but you know but there's more groundwork in it now than it was in the third or second third fourth year of it you know so it's it just changes i always assumed when i when i saw you back in the 90s that you were going to come to wwe you know shamrock came severn came and you had such a ufc champion and wrestling in in japan why did you had this great look and you had all this resume what 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 happened? Why did you never come to WWE? Well, um, Scott Frazzo and I we came there and interviewed with uh, Jr. and uh, Scott was a used car salesman, <laughs> and <laughs> being a used car salesman, uh, he 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 told him how we were going to come in and how we were going to change things, how we were going to be a, the tag team and how we were going to do this. And, that. and, uh, you got changed for us, this, 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 and, uh, you all escorted us off the property and sent us home. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, you're the head recruiter. What happened? I, I think I, if I'd been head recruiter, he'd been tied up, uh, you know, <laughs> that, was, that was before my recruiting days. I remember that interview. I remember when you guys came in. I think it was out in L.A. or somewhere like that, or somewhere on the West Coast. Oh, sir, we were went up to went up to Connecticut. They went up to Connecticut. I wasn't so I wasn't there for that one. There, but <laughs> I, I first time I ran into, it, I think, was in L.A. where you come up. I don't know if you were setting up the interview at that time or not. But uh, but uh, you know, when 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 was the time where you actually said, you know, I'm gonna do this stuff now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get started in pro wrestling, you know, and, uh, and and give up your 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 main uh, breadbasket there with the MMA stuff. Oh hell, it happened right away, you know, because right um, in my fight against Abbott, you know, that was that was the last fight of the year in '96, and I broke my hand, you know, wow. fighting, so I had to sit out um six or eight weeks and and uh at that time 
the the plan was for the winner of the ultimate ultimate two to fight dan severin um for the world heavyweight championship you know and uh since i i won but i couldn't couldn't compete because you know i he had the cask on for eight weeks and then didn't give me any time to train because i think uh the fight was in february or march and um didn't didn't have any time to train and so they gave it to coleman and uh while i was while i was out you know um during those first few months um brad reagan's called me brad called jeff blackneck jeff blackneck you know he's looking for somebody um because they had recruited Shan, uh ken shamrock you know as the uh american um uh, prize fighter you know usc fighter uh shamrock took his contract uh to you guys and showed it and i guess you all did better and so it left uh new japan hanging high and dry so you know brad called jeff jeff recommended me and then brad called me and then the next thing i know i was on an airplane up to uh, minnesota to meet brad and masa saito and antonio inoki you know and, and fujita and ogawa and it was we just hit it off like we all knew each other and was this something that that you mentioned that you wanted to do this all along was this all part of the plan of to go in and did you did you plan on being in japan for four or five years uh, what, what was your thoughts going into it was this a natural progression for your career or just something that kind of happened no, I thought, you know, that was the plan. Use this you know, as, a, as a shortcut to get into pro wrestling because I grew up on the pro wrestling. You know, my dad was in the Air Force, so moved all around, but, um, you, you know, moving every year and a half. And most of it is down south. And uh, I was born in Florida, you know, so we were uh, two years in Florida, Mississippi, Louisiana, uh, Virginia, a couple of times in Langley. Uh, a couple times here in Arizona uh, and uh that's say Oklahoma um so you, you know we were down there and always watching pro wrestling and uh said shit I want to do this you know and when I didn't didn't have the size to do it I figured well there's got to be there got to be a way to get into it somehow and uh you know following uh ken shamrock is the world's da most dangerous man <laughs> you know that, that was that was that was good that was a good gimmick Shit. before we switch over to pro wrestling completely i, I got to ask you but my, my favorite uh fights of you that i that watched is, is with with that japanese fellow where you guys are just exchanging punches you must exchange 50 punches and well neither one of you blinked but the his face after that fight looked like you you got totally got the best out of there. Do you, you recall that? Yeah, Yoshihiro Takayama. Yeah, 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 exactly. God bless him. God How bless. did that happen? I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, fights just happen. You know, uh, uh, Hearns and, and Hagler just happened. You know, it just all of a sudden, you two great fighters, and all of a sudden they meet in the middle and decide, you know what? We're not going anywhere. How did that happen with Takayama that all of a sudden you created this thing that people are going to watch as long as they have video? Thank you. Thank you. He's just, well, hell, he was like 320 pounds or something like wow. that. And, you know, you watch, you know, I come lumbering up and throw a punch or, but he hits me and knocks my feet out from me. <laughs> yeah. Boom. <laughs> I had got my feet and I reached up to grab hold of him, you know, so I wouldn't fall down again. And then I just started wailing. And he, he, he returned the favor. 
So just, we did that three or four times that night. <laughs> yeah, a few times. What yeah. were you thinking during the fight? Did, did you did you think, good lord, this is <laughs> this is not what I had planned? Yeah, I thought this is stupid. What the, who who signed me up for this? Yeah, I hit this guy. Ever going to go down? <laughs> yeah. I I hit that guy with everything I had, and you know you feel it radiate down down the arm down to the heel, and. Um, and he stood there and I was like, holy crime. And he, you know, I, I don't know how much more he can take, but I ain't gonna be able to take much more. <laughs> yeah. He was hammering you too, man. I, I mean, uh, not only your, 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 your fist or your heels were hurt here. Your face had to be hurt. But man, you guys exchanged. That's the best exchange of punches I've ever seen in any, any type of combat sport. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You don't see too many people repeating that. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. The referee would stop it nowadays. I think he would stop uh, the fight, declare both of the winners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, the only people won that night, you know, like the Shamrock fight. Neither one of us won that fight, but the crowd crowd won. You know. Yeah. When when I when I told John we were getting you there, I mean, he he taught me about about that Shamrock fight for forty five minutes before he let me off the phone. He said, man, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Great it's the greatest guy. finish ever. The great, it's yeah. the greatest finish ever. You, you've basically knocked him out. And yeah. as he lands, I don't know how he came to. I don't know either. He, when, he, when he goes down, his hands are up. And, and he's, yeah. he's out. And somehow when he hit, he came to. And he snatches your ankle and knee. And, and, it's just, and then you won't tap. It's the no. greatest. <laughs> it's something you'd put in a movie. And you go, no, that can't be real. Yeah, they, yeah, it's for uh, was it life empties art or art empties life? I don't know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's a, it was it was fucking nuts because <laughs> you know in a heavyweight boxing match, you know they hit, they knock the guy out, and then they hit him again and wakes him back up, and that's that's what happened. You know, Shamrock went boom, and then all of a sudden he just sits right back up, and I'm like, holy crime, and he what the hell. Yeah, you know, and I asked him. We interviewed him, Dan and I, and I said, "Did I ever hurt you? You know, because <laughs> because you came right back. You get me just curled right back up like like doing a sit up. Like Gee. the Undertaker sit up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's out, boom. <laughs> it was like holy balls. How bad was your ankle or knee hurt uh, when when he caught you? He uh, hairline fracture on both my ankles. Yeah, both of them. Both of them, yeah, and uh, it it hurt and you like, wouldn't you know, tap. No, that's how the fight ended. For the, for those that didn't see it, that's how the fight ended. It, well, I had him, I had him in the same lock, and you know, I, I was cranking on his damn ankle. I'll guarantee you. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how the hell he didn't, how he didn't tap either. You know, the 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 Japanese are so big about legacy and things like that. Uh, have they done anything with the Takayama fight since? I mean, did you ever go back to Japan and appear with Takayama or anything or the people the so for legacy and for history for the Japanese? I went back. Um, shoot. I don't know if it was around 2014 or 15. Um, but I went back to do a match. Uh, an old timers uh eight man tag match with, with the great Muda, you know, and Chono and a few other guys. And while we were there, Mudo and I went and saw Takayama in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, that was and um I'm hoping 
I'm hoping that um, they will put that match, you know, in the UFC Hall of Fame. You know, I mentioned it to them. They said, well, it's a, it's a um, pride fight. I said, yeah, but you've got pride fighters in the, you know, UFC Hall of Fame. What's the difference? You know, you guys own it. So it's yours now. That's like WWE owns all these uh, alphabet soup companies. Uh, but they they put those guys in the Hall of Fame too in the WWE Hall of Fame. So, right, right. Yeah, it was interesting during that time because a lot of the hybrid shoots, you know, that were that were still kind of works were happening in Japan. You know, I was yeah. I was wrestling in uh, uh, Europe, working for Otto Vance and Peter William over there, and um, one of the young Japanese guys who became Tenzin uh, later with uh, All Japan was there and he, and he had a magazine and I said, is that a shoot? He goes, oh yeah, yeah, a sh a shoot, shoot, shoot. And they had Muta, Muta in it and he was oh. doing a moonsault. <laughs> and I said, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on kid. Yeah, work the workers, you know, geez. <laughs> That's right. Did you enjoy your time in Japan going over there? Oh, yes, sir. I loved it over there. I loved it. Um, you know, I'm just... I I hate myself for not appreciating it, appreciating it properly. You know, um, you know when you're in the middle of something, you're doing it. You're you're so busy concentrating on certain aspects, you don't see you don't see the forest for the trees. And uh, that, that's it. I wish I wish that had taken more time, you know, and 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 walked walked around the country and taken the tours. You know, we went to a couple. Of uh, castles and that was slicker and shit and um you know did did a few tours here and there but i should have done more you know we should have done more and well, then the great you... thing the great thing about our business when we go over there they were tours where we we got to visit everything you know they they work your butt off over there but we travel like crazy but we got to see all that and really enjoy the culture and i think that Really, what yeah. set up set up the respect level for for that country over there was, was being able to experience all that different culture over there. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, well, you guys would go into one city and you'd basically train and then fight out of there, then go back home, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But you it, know, when when I was with New Japan, we we toured the whole country. It was it was, it was great. And then did you? did you just want to get back into fighting is that why you got in because you got into pride back after the new japan run right yes sir yes sir and was it I, just that you missed fighting was it was that the reason you wanted to get back into pride no there's uh i hurt my ego because i saw mark coleman win um win their tournament with big pride tournament and i was still pissed about him beating me and I mean, I was, I was really pissed. And so it hurt my ego and, um, I wasn't getting the push. I thought I should have got in pro wrestling, which I was getting the greatest push ever. You know I mean? I, I did the retirement match for Antonio Inoki I, and I, I broke three of his ribs, you know, <laughs> two minutes, two minutes in, I break three of his ribs. And that's, wow. yeah, that's why the match only went four minutes. You know? <laughs> I never, I didn't know that. I, I thought about when it went way short there, but that's the reason it went that so short. You broke his ribs. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and what's what's really bad about it is, you know, after the match, you know, you got a hundred people lined up there, with, you know, bringing him roses. Yeah. So you got to stand there, bow. <laughs> 
reach out, grab their <laughs> back, bow, hand them off, you know, bow. <laughs> so you had to do that for an hour, you know. <laughs> but what a wonderful tradition that is, too, though. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is, you know, because, yeah, like you said, it's the culture, you know, the culture. You know, that was one of the reasons, uh, the reason I asked that, because uh, I was there for the whole time for Ken Shamrock's run, and Ken would have been world champion for a while. He had he had everything. He was so yeah. good at, at professional wrestling, yeah. but he wanted to go back to fighting. You know, he just couldn't stand – I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think it's fair to say he just couldn't stand not fighting. And yeah. so he just wanted to go back and, and fight more. So, you know, just, it gets in your blood. Uh, oh, is, guess is that, is that part of the, is that one of the things that you were feeling as well? Of course, also Mark Coleman uh, there at pride. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then, you know, and then you, then when you got to put somebody over, who's got some stupid finish, you know, like, <laughs> like a butt bump or something like that, you know, or they spin you around in a circle and, and then you, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta put that over. You're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> I trained all my Ken life to do this. one time against me and Ron. And I'm going like, he's the world's most dangerous man. We're the ones that need a bat. I don't, I don't quite understand this. This doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Oh, I tell you, Ken is dangerous. He's powerful. He's oh, yeah. Fast. You know, he's he's got an encyclopedia full of uh, submissions. And yeah, I mean that that was the right that 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 was the right um, nickname for him. You know, it wasn't an angle at all. It was true. And I'm sorry, Jerry. You say him? No, no. I would, go ahead. So you UFC now? Are, do you the the WWE is pretty good about bringing back, you know, a lot of the legends and, and things. The UFC, the, 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 is, is the feeling still there for the old guys uh, that built the built the company to what it is now to, for you coming back? And the obviously the camaraderie is there, but is the feeling there from the UFC toward the legends that, that helped build the sport in your mind as it should be? I don't think so, but, you know, you have different owners now. Then you, then who was, you know, the original owners were from New York City, Semaphore Entertainment Group, Bob Meyerowitz, you know, and then, then I went to Zufa and now I went to the Chinese, you know, I think it's the Chinese and some, and uh, William Morris Endeavor, you know, out of Hollywood. So um, you've got, you know, it's changed hands several times since the beginning. What do you think of this Endeavor and WWE and, and UFC? Uh, uh, Murder, so to say. I, I think, uh, I think they're gonna make a lot of money. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, I think it's the greatest answer. Win, win for everybody. Today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's just gonna make buy their own bank. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're in the process of doing that now. Yeah, make it, make it, John, the financial planner of the bank. <laughs> Congratulations, John. Dude. Thank you, thank you. I, yeah, I will gladly take it. It's a $23 billion company, the combined company. I mean, that's unbelievable. It's the biggest combat company by far in the history of combat sports. Yeah. And, you know, what's my disagreement or problem with them is, you know, is they got to get all these fighters and put them in the movies, you know, that way they get their screen actors guild card. 
and they get Screen Actors Guild insurance. You know, and that that'd be an easy way for them to to all, everybody to have insurance is uh, through the SAG. Speaking and, of and movies, they, how how did you end up getting in movies uh, like you did? Was was there something to the close proximity to Los Angeles, Hollywood? How how did you end up getting into that? I don't know. I got lucky, you know. I just got lucky. And, um, Frank Shamrock called me one day uh, to get beat up by Tom Sizemore <laughs> in an in independent film, and uh, then I I auditioned for Michael Mann for a couple of movies, and I got I got that. So it's just uh, you know I guess dumb luck and uh, you know the appreciation of um, what I did. You know, and was is that where you met Gene LaBelle? Did you met Gene LaBelle through the MMA, or you met him through the movies? I met Gene through the movies. Yeah, uh, hey, he's. Have you ever met Gene? I I had the pleasure of going into a Hall of Fame with with Gene, and I spent the entire weekend with him one time. And man, <laughs> what 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 a what a great weekend! One of my memorable weekend I've ever had. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just listen to his stories. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got a joke for every situation. Yeah, everything. <laughs> he's, he's great. He was great, man. And he became such a great stunt coordinator and part of Hollywood. It's uh, yeah. he's, he's yeah. legendary on so many different levels. Well, you remember that movie uh with Henry Winkler, the one and only? You know, he 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 was the uh world champion at the end there, you know. That's right. Uh, we, well, Winkler had to do was just stand there, and Gene did everything around. You know, <laughs> he did uh, he did all the work. And one of the, I guess, the first recognized MMA fight was his and uh, Milo Savage back in the '60s, right when uh, Gene choked him out and people thought he killed him. Yeah, and then you know Gene was the uh, referee for the Antonio Noki Muhammad Ali fight. Oh, that's right, I forgot about that. That's I right. Did too. <laughs> your your brother was on that card, wasn't he, uh, Jerry? Yeah, he was on the uh, New York side of the card. Though. Yeah, Jerry's brother Jack was on that card on the New York side. Andre the that's, Giant that's versus Webner. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That, yeah, that that was that was great. I, 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 Andre finally got pissed at Chuck. Just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I asked my brother about that. Jack said it was the most amazing thing he'd ever seen. He said he said Andre Andre didn't like Chuck at all, and I, I guess yeah. he had some words and. He wasn't, he wasn't gonna pick up any stuff, uh, any BS from him, and uh, finally he just lifted him up and talked him. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I met Chuck down in Atlantic City. He was a greeter down there. He's, you know, he's the nicest guy in the world. I, you know, I don't know what happened with him and Andre, but he was such a nice gentleman. And he gave me his business. He card didn't want to sell back. Andre. He didn't want to sell Andre, John. Really? <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to sell anything Andre did. That's what Jack told him. <laughs> oh. Well, they end up selling a lot. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people ended up selling Andre that didn't want to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least. <laughs> Jerry got the Jerry got the drive Andre a few times down oh, in Florida. Really? Yeah. I, it was so much fun. As long as I had a case of wine for him, he was happy. You know, but yeah. you, never, you don't want to run out of that wine. Yeah, I heard. I heard he he got on an airplane one time, bought all the booze. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he ripped a ripped a chair out. Uh, you know, handed it to the stores. 
I saw you in, in uh, where was it, New York or Jersey or somewhere like that. We were doing a card show up there. Is there a way uh, that folks can reach you if, if you want to do that? Are you interested in doing more of these things or, or what? Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. How do they reach you, Doc? Uh, well, they give me, um, I have that uh, podcast with Dan Severn, Dan and Dodd's Toxic Masculinity. And then I have the Instagram account, which I don't know what it is. <laughs> and Tony left, so I don't, don't know. Can't ask him. And Don, what are you doing now? Are you still doing anything with uh, with MMA training or do people come to you for anything? Or are you just uh, backed off and, and enjoying the life? As as Ron Simmons, bold tag team partners say, I've worked a long time to do nothing. So yeah. if you, <laughs> me and Jerry pretty much do nothing. Yeah, that's pretty much what I and do. And enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I've never had anybody ask me to train them. So. Uh, really? That's yeah. unbelievable. There, nobody ever, wow. Yeah, so I don't I don't train anybody. Um, I just got back from a Godzilla convention in Chicago. Did that over the weekend because I was, you know, they put me in a Godzilla movie um, back in 05. It was the 50th anniversary. It's called Godzilla Final Wars. And so, you know, every once a couple of years, they, they get together and uh, I go there and, and do the autograph thing. And then I saw Mr. Briscoe up in what, New Jersey or Jersey, somewhere around there, Jersey, New York, or Philly, one of those places. Yeah. They're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of Yankees, yeah, shit. <laughs> John, do you do you still train? For, I know you still train. I, nobody quits training, but do you still train like hit the bag things like that, like you like you did when you were fighting? Nah, I don't do anything like I did when I was fighting. <laughs> you know, we. I mean, it's different mindset, you know, when you, when you're, when you're training, I mean, there's, there's exercising, there's working out and there's training, you know, and then there's a bunch of little shit in between each one, but you know, people say, I, I train this, I train that. No, you don't train that. You know, you might, you might try, you know, exercise at that, but you're not training it because training, training is, hours serious hours at it you know and you you guys know that i mean god dang it. If, if somebody were going to get in with and 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 the fighting and and was lead to progress what would you recommend or how they start and and and, and their training uh, to start with amateur wrestling or what oh yeah amateur wrestling is a foundation of everything you know it's the foundation of, of the mma sport you know jeff platnick came up with the term mma martial arts yeah, yeah jeff did wow i didn't know it yeah jeff did yeah and um yeah geez it's just you know you're dumbfounded when you try and explain what it is because there's yeah. no way to explain it you know <laughs> it's just a little bit of everything it's like a, everything. like a soup you know yeah, it seems though that that the basic the harassing background it seems goes but one time, not too long ago, every every UFC champion had an amateur wrestling background, and right. they excelled at it. Right, because like I said, you know, amateur wrestling, you're in a street fight two two and a half hours right. every day of your life, right. and nothing. There, you know, maybe MMA now, but um, nothing ever prepared you like amateur wrestling did. Yeah. But you know, now that MMA is MMA, I mean, guess that 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 would have to be it. 
when when I was doing the, the major recruiting, I'd, I'd talk to some of these kids and they said, yeah, I would I'd like to go to the MMA, then come over to, to professional wrestling, sort of like you did. I said, I think you got it a little backward. You, you follow that Brock Lesnar blueprint where you go into, where you go into professional yeah. wrestling. Learn how to sell those pay-per-views. Learn how to be a businessman and 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 WWE, and and then then you transfer over to the to the MMA side. You know, I always thought that was the best way to go. Oh yeah, I mean, old Brock Lesnar. I mean, he's he's one in a million. There'll never be another Brock. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's an amazing pro wrestler, an amazing you know uh, MMA star. I mean, if. Uh, I mean, I think he's the baddest man on the planet. You know, if um, uh, UFOs to land and say, all right, give me your toughness, <laughs> I'd have to say it'd be Brock, you know? Yeah, I'd, be, I'd be pushing him out there, you know? <laughs> I'd behind him. John said one time, he, he, he's that he's uh, specimen that, you know, when they were trying to create the perfect human being that they... That, that's oh, yeah, that's him. <laughs> that's him. That's him. That's Brock. That's, that's him. him. <laughs> that's what they're trying to create. When they say we're going to create the perfect human, that's Brock. Yeah, they got uh, he got the blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah, he's he he is somebody's uh, uh, test tube baby. Yeah, he's <laughs> he succeeded. Yeah. Hey, what pisses me off is he's smart. Also, you know, I, yeah. I don't know what Brock's like a really smart guy, and it just. I'm gonna. Can he not have some faults? Just one. Right. Just, just one fault. That's all I want. Well, he don't have much patience, you know. So no, he doesn't. Yeah, no, 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 he oh, doesn't. That's it. <laughs> you, have, you nailed that one real good. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he got no patience at all. You, you talk about uh. Uh, what was it? Don't suffer fools. Yeah, he, he don't yeah. suffer. Uh, speaking of that, you know, when 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 I when I first started recruiting, uh, Jay Robinson and I, as coach of Minnesota, we were in the same recruiting class at Oklahoma State uh, when 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 we came in as freshmen. So when when I saw Brock the first time, he was a junior and he he got beat by I think I think it was West Ham in the finals. You know, I called Jay. I said, Jay, I, this guy, I'd love to have him. He said, Well, he's only a junior. He said, Please. He said. Don't call him. Don't try to recruit him. Don't tell him you're interested in it because he's got a short attention span. He'll leave me, and he's going to be a national champion next year and win to help 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 us win a, a team title too. He said, if right. you'll give me your word, you won't contact him. He said, as soon as nationals are over with next year, I'll get him in my office and I'll call you, and you can you can do anything you want to with him, man. So Jay 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 knew that right away. You know that don't don't tip don't tip this guy or he'll go. You know right. Right. And I gave him my word, and sure enough, I was getting pressured by WWE daily about calling. I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I've already talked to his coach, and I got I got an agreement with one of my, my college buddies that he's going to get him for. He said, well, you can't let him go. You got to No, I'm not able to show him the interest. And I kept yeah. my word, and sure enough, about two weeks after the national tournament where he won, Jay called me, and he said, I got, I got Brock in my office, and I got a bonus for you, too. I got Sheldon Benjamin here, too, so. You could have them both. So <laughs> Jay, Jay came through his word too. You know? <laughs> well, uh, Brock makes a hunt, boy. He's uh, he's a good hunter, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's everything. <laughs> like good fisherman, good hunter. Is, now is he living up in Canada? That's what I understand. He got a farm up in Canada. He likes to hunt up there and uh, and just live up there. I think he uh, and his brother run the farm, right, Jerry? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
You, you know, it's funny, uh, Don, when, when you're when you're pro wrestling and you got somebody like Brock or Shamrock out there and you end up tatering them, you always say, you okay? The question you're really asking is how mad are you? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know they're okay. Yeah. You're, just, you're just wondering how much you're going to get back. Yeah. <laughs> And they would potato me and go, "Are you okay?" Yeah, I like it. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you hit me hard? Hit me harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make it make it look real. Make it look real. Yeah. Well, they never had to tell Bradshaw that on his clothesline from hell. Hit me harder. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that. Yeah, who taught you how to work? Oh, Brad Reagan's. Oh, <laughs> see, it all makes sense now. Doesn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. That explains everything. John told me about that tree out there in Brad's place. I had to verify it with Wayne Bloom, you know, that it was really a tree out there. They had to suplex the damn tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't believe anything Wayne Bloom had to say. Amen. <laughs> 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 I saw Wayne. Oh, man. He, he still he still looks like uh, like he'd raise hell, you know? Yeah, he looks great, doesn't he? I don't know how old he is, but he looks great. His son's a monster there at uh, WWE now too. Really? Yeah. He, yeah he's, he's probably huge. six five, six six. He's a big six he's six a big six, six at least about three hundred pounds and just they built built like a brick shed house. <laughs> oh, that's great. Just yeah. nice and respectful as he can be. I met him the other day when I was down in uh, Orlando. What, what a nice young man. As as Wayne's son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Wayne's son. Yeah. <laughs> He must, his mom mom must have raised him then huh yeah, well, <laughs> was on the road a lot <laughs> exactly oh, we're, we're, we got way coming on here pretty soon now in a few oh, yeah? <laughs> tell me i tell me i said he's full of shit all right oh you bet i'm going to <laughs> we'll do that in the intro yeah all i right, can't I'm wait <laughs> you know i saw uh up there in new york city uh, earlier this year, last year, last year, oh, uh, Mike Rotunda I hadn't yeah. seen him in years because we, yeah. you know, we're on the same tours over there in Japan. Yeah, Mike lived right up the road from me. What, what a guy, great guy he is. And he, he was always Mike Rotunda, he was always a good guy. But what a tough son of a bitch he was. A lot of people just don't give Mike a lot of credit for that. But man, I would not want to challenge him at all at a sober trade of mine. <laughs> He come up, he come up to me with his two kids. And he says, "Do you remember me?" I'm like, "Come on, what are you doing?" <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, you're he's a talking. humble young man, boy. That's for yeah. sure. Ah, just, just, yeah, just twisted my mind. You know, why, why, why would you say that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Don, man, we you know, really... guys are guys are so sensitive about CTE. I see some guys from like, "Hey, uh, uh, John Lathfield," they go. I know who you are, and they get mad. <laughs> yeah, I always sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's not the CGE. I just didn't know if you know I made that big of an impact on you. <laughs> yeah, right. when I when I saw Don and and uh, Jersey, I walked over to him. I said, "Jerry Briscoe, I know who the hell you are." Yeah. Oh, you're the Briscoes. <laughs> you're, you're, you're an Okie cowboy. Okie yeah. Yeah. You never Your did. Never did call me for a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, if I'd been in that position, I would. <laughs> I, you know, I that's one thing I loved about about WWE when I when I got to the age where I didn't want to be on the road and I'd had some health issues, you know, 
they said, what do you want to do? And I got with JR and Vince, and you know, we always need talent. And I've been recruiting talent, you know, like Hogan and those guys from the beginning. I said, well, I got a good contact with all the coaches at NCAA wrestling. We need talent. And we, we really don't tap into that, 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 that genre of, the, of, of our sport there. They said, well, you're the guy now, do it. So that was, that was the most enjoyable time that I had, I think, in the business when I was out on the road recruiting these college kids. And it was a challenge, too, because the perception, you know, it still hadn't changed that much. It has now because a lot of guys grew up, you know, watching a Hogan, watching it and realizing. But back when, in the days when I, back in the then Twilight Zone, when I started, man, you know, the perception of wrestling, pro wrestling, when Jack and I started in it, we were, we were the outcasts of, of, of the sport, you know. Why do you right. want to do that crap? Why do you want to, well, I want to make some money. I've never made money in my life, you know. And right. That's really not what I want to do it, you know. But nowadays, you know, the coaches are more open to letting you talk to their athletes than, than they were back in the old days. That's that, that, uh, how much the business has progressed because I think, you know, letting them know, letting the world know that we are a work and we are entertainment. I think that opened more doors up to us for the guys that kind of come into it without any, any guilt. Right. Well, when, Brad, when Brian Johnson and I left UFC, you know, to go into New Japan Pro Wrestling, we caught a lot of heat from the, from the, from, the, you know, the reporters and, and, uh, the UFC itself and everybody. And they're like, well, you know, you're, why are you leaving us? Why are you betraying us? We're not betraying you. We're trying to make a living, you know, yeah, yeah. fucking John McCain's ruining the, the sport. Yeah. You know? We don't know if, uh, you know, when, back when we were fighting, you, after, after the, the show, you, could, uh, you know, after the fight, you could, uh, Go to the after party, you go to the hospital, or you go to jail. You know? <laughs> that was always that was always a question. If we're, are we going to go to jail when we come out of the out come out of the cage? Yeah. You know, because they were always throwing. You know, when uh, we fought in Detroit, May of '96. Uh, you know, Big John McCarthy comes into the locker room, says, "Listen, guys." Uh, there's we got a lot of heat with uh, the politicians. We had to make some uh, uh, amendments, you know. There's no closed fist punching, you know. I was what? What are you talking about? <laughs> he says, right, now, now, or there there will be a fine somewhere, sometime, some amount, you know, <laughs> down there. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so. Well, I read that you had you had gotten uh, banned from like Arizona State after your UFC championship. Was that right? No, 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 no. Um, I got I got banned from the high school, uh, Bisbee High School, working out working out Bisbee High School because I was working out there before the first uh, UFC, and um, because uh, John McCain, you know, um, the. Uh, the city manager down there in Bisbee was up McCain's ass and, um, you know, wanted, wanted to be, wanted to be a little Johnny McCain or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, when he found out I was doing it, um, and I asked for time off to train for the next, next show, the UFC nine, he said, no, no, you gotta make a choice. Either be a fireman or be a fighter. Well, thanks for having me. You know? That's an easy choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I can I, I make this much in a whole year. I can make this much, you know, in one fight. 
And so I said, sayonara. Yeah, and, and now now they would live, they would love to have something like that. You know, now now a firefighter that's doing something like that, that's just, you know, he's put on the poster and he's put everywhere else. Now back then, you know, it was it was different. Well, that's that's uh Stipe, you know, from from Ohio there. Uh is it Miochik? Um yes. you know, the heavyweight. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, he he's a he's a fireman, you know, and they all love him. <laughs> right. <laughs> they should i mean hell he's, he's a hell of a fighter and it's being a fireman it's it's complete opposite of being a being a fighter i mean uh not not the firefighting the firefighting is the same as being a, a prize fighter but because you're going after something you're going to defeat something you're going to destroy it you know um but being in the medical aspect of it you're you're gotta be a, you gotta be a nurturing kind gentle you know you, you you pull somebody out of a fire or out of a car or something like that you you've gotta you've gotta turn tender and nurturing real fast you know be compassionate and uh back when i was a uh, as a fire or back when i was doing pro wrestling you know and people you know i was a lot bigger then you know better shape obviously and uh, they say, well, what do you do? I, I used to be a fireman. Oh yeah. Why'd you quit that? And you know, I lost my compassion. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that'd be the end of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you losing time. Cause I, when I saw you up in Jersey, I called John the next day. I said, John, I saw Don Fry there. We got him. And Holy cow. And I said, man, he looks like he could still beat the shit out of anybody that he wanted to, man. You look great for for, for what you what, what you gone through, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. You guys yeah. do too. Shit. I mean, y'all laid laid a lot of laid laid a lot of clotheslines and body <laughs> drops, you know, shit. Absolutely. Well, hey, well, Don, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show. I, I've been looking forward to this for some time. And uh, like I say, uh, Jerry told you I was a big fan, big fan of what you did, a big fan of Kenny's as well. But, you know, you guys built this this $23 billion company. You guys were the pillars that this company stands on because of what you guys did when there wasn't much money in the sport. You did it because either you loved it or, you know, because you just – uh, enjoyed fighting, you know, and, and so thank you so much for coming on the show. I've been looking forward to it and it's lived up to every expectation I had. So thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. How's, how's your glucosamine chondroitin um, going? <laughs> so, so far, so good. Why's that? Uh, oh, uh, my, my buddy passed away um, last year. Uh, guy who uh, made, made the stuff, made the GLC 2000 that, um, I was I was peddling, so uh, I'm I'm out of work. <laughs> I need some GLC. Yeah, I, I, I I'm taking that a lot for the joints. It, it's it, it's good stuff. Yeah, you 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 sell you have you have a company now, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. I had a company that were was selling it, and uh, I got somebody who wanted to buy the patent, so I, I was able to get rid of it. So oh, okay, okay. No I, didn't know that. I, thought, I thought that's what I was asking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that that was a tough, tough business. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so hard because I, I so many people buy up shelf space. It was tough to get in, in in as a small person trying to get into the nutrition business. Um, you know, you, the biggest, the best business model is to is to build something and sell it. 
right. you know, instead of build something to make money. It's 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 a kind of a crazy model. You hope you can last long enough to to get to the point where somebody steps in a big group and wants to end up buying it. And that's a pretty good exit for you. So, Don, do you see any of this stuff happening? Uh, you know, some of these uh, work shoot fightings that, that they're popping up around every once in a while. The what? Uh, the what? They, they work shoot fighting. We've talked to a couple of guys where they're they're trying to start a work shoot fighting uh, companies. Oh, really? No, no nobody's contacted me. Yeah. Well, but we'll pass the word along that you're interested in, in talking to somebody. Yeah, I'm interested. In, you know, be willing to train somebody too if they okay. if they they want to train. Yeah. You know? If they want to, that's something I, I, I find it hard that nobody out there would ask a Don Fry to help train him. Right, John? I mean, come on, the best in the world, you know, come on. <laughs> that's who I'd go to. Yeah, yeah but I, I tell you, Bernard, I'd love to have you guys, you know, but I, I'm, I, I understood, I understood uh, Bobby Douglas and Joe Say, you know, where they come from after we did that IFL thing uh, one or two years. And I understood the concept of being a coach and uh, having somebody on the team like me who didn't want to work hard. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Don, I, I talked to Bobby almost monthly, almost uh, there for a while, almost weekly, but uh, at least every, every other week. He, he's fantastic. I mean, his health is good. You know, his mind's still fairly sharp. And he, what, I, he's, I still love him to death. You know, he's one of those guys that, man, what a great guy! And what a what a privilege it was to cross paths with Bobby yeah, Douglas. Absolutely, yeah. Just yeah. be in his presence. I mean, the guy's yeah. awesome. He's just yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Please tell him. Give him my respect. Please. I sure will. I sure will. He'll he'll be proud to get it too. He yeah. still he, he still lives up in Ames. Him and Jackie, you know, and this COVID scared them to death. You know, they're 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 up in age, of course, and both of them are. Yeah. Are fairly healthy. Jackie's having a little little uh, memory problems, but uh, health health wise, she's real good. You know, and so uh, they're they're great people. They're they're just dear friends of mine. You know, oh, I love them. Uh, I just you know, it's one of the things I didn't you know, like like John asked about Japan, something you, you know you don't appreciate while you're there, being in the same room for Coach Douglas, you know, yeah. for three and a half years. I I. I didn't appreciate it like I, you know, like I should have. Like you do in the later years, you know, you think back, man, that guy, he had his, he had his crap together, you know, to yeah. fight the battles that he fought during that time frame, you know, coming up where a black man, you know, in a white man's world when he was a kid and, and then, and then at our sport too, which amateur wrestling, you know, there weren't, weren't a lot of African-Americans involved in it. He kind of set the trend and a, and a, te a template for, for that whole sport for, for guys like him to come along. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you couldn't find a better guy. Like you said, like I can tell I I'm, I'm one of his disciples, man. I love him. <laughs> and I'm yeah. glad to hear you are too. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I tell you, I, I got a, uh, when I was uh, packing up my house to sell it, um, the last, last photo went in the box. It was, you know, <laughs> dressing team, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. stayed on the wall as long as I could. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, my friend. We'll see you down the line. And, and, and when you need John and I to come on you and Dan, so we're, we're here for you. All right. Great. I'd love to have you. Thank you.